Happy Thanksgiving to those of you in the U.S. listening to this episode on the day it's released. And welcome to Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast that equips you with the latest insights and strategies to advance your career in the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Patton McDowell, and thrilled to have you join me for this special episode. We're going to hear from three incredible individuals who have taken their nonprofit leadership to the next level through the PMA Mastermind Program. Now, if you've ever considered participating in a mastermind or are curious about the impact it can have on your nonprofit career, you're in for a treat. Before we dive into their stories, let me provide a bit of context. The PMA Mastermind Program is a unique opportunity for nonprofit leaders to come together, collaborate, and take their leadership skills to new heights. It's a program we created to foster growth, learning, and transformation among talented nonprofit professionals. Now today we have the privilege of hearing from three mastermind alumni, Josue Hernandez, Tiffany Kong, and Mike Walsh. They'll share their experiences with the program, the positive changes it's brought to their careers, and how it's influenced their ongoing nonprofit leadership. Now, Josue is in Long Beach, California at the Memorial Medical Center Foundation, and Tiffany is in St. Paul, at the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation. And moving all the way to the east, Mike Walsh is at the Virginia Tech College of Science in Blacksburg, Virginia. They are a talented trio for sure who got to know each other through this program as they were in the same cohort. Now, in our conversation, they discussed specific aspects of the mastermind, the ongoing collaboration with colleagues nationwide, and how they continue to utilize their mastermind experience in their nonprofit leadership roles. Without further ado, please enjoy my special conversation with Josue Hernandez, Tiffany Kong, and Mike Walsh. Mastermind Trio, thank you for joining me on the path. Hello, thank Great you to be for here. joining us. Hi. Excited to have this conversation. I have gotten to know the three of you through our work together in our mastermind program. You literally are the best of the best. You three represent a lot of talented individuals that are doing great work in the nonprofit sector. Each of you have a unique story. And quite honestly, each of you have some fantastic learnings and advice that I know our listeners are going to benefit from. So thank you for being here. And I'm going to ask a series of questions about your leadership journey, what brought you to this field, what things you have learned along the way, what resources have helped you most of all. And so I know our listeners, again, will benefit. So, Josue, let me start with you. Why did you get into the kind of work you do now and tell our listeners what exactly you do? Hi, Patton. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with such talented uh, co-panelists. And uh, I would like to start by saying philanthropy saved my life. Over 15 years ago, I received a medical diagnosis that changed my life. And I'm grateful because I was able to receive the support and resources I needed to navigate this new diagnosis, thanks to a nonprofit organization. Going through this experience inspired me to use my skills and to be part of the healing in my community. Currently, I work as the Assistant Director of Donor Engagement for a comprehensive regional healthcare system, and I'm part of a team that raises philanthropic dollars for both a pediatric and an adult hospital on the same campus. 
allowing us to provide the highest quality of care to thousands of patients from infants to end of life care. It's fantastic. And Josue, I know some of your story, but it's always good to hear about it and know the inspiration you bring to your work and the great work, in fact, that it is. So you will hear more about you and your journey. But now let's turn to our friend Tiffany, who's in a little colder environment right now uh, as we move into winter as this episode is recorded. But Tiffany, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Patton. Um, and and thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be able to be a part of this with Mike and Josue, um, and to, uh, thank you to all the listeners as well, too. Um, so um, Tiffany Kong, and so I am currently right now um, serving as a director of community impact with one of our community foundations here in Minnesota. Um, and for me, you know, what what motivated me to be a part of the nonprofit sector is the same reason why I joined. And, you know, I, I am a daughter of refugees. Um, I am a Hmong American. My family, my parents, my grandparents, they fled to the United States during um, the Vietnam War in 1976. And so nonprofits were um, the people that helped my family get established here in the States. Um, they provided food, clothing, um, job training, opportunities for my family to be able to start their lives new here as they were fleeing um, persecution. And so, um, you know, although I currently work at a community foundation that is, you know, technically classified as a nonprofit, um, you know, we don't really operate like your typical direct service nonprofit. Right. Um, but the reason that, you know, I continue to be involved in the nonprofit sector in that space is, again, because I've seen firsthand um, the gift that nonprofits give to the community, especially coming from a refugee family. And so um, nonprofits, they are the heart of our community. Uh, nobody cares like they do. Nobody does like they do. And nobody really advocates like they do. Um, so why wouldn't I want to be a part of that? Fantastic. Thank you, Tiffany, again, for sharing your story. And Mike, as we started on the West Coast with Josue, we moved through Minnesota to hear Tiffany's story. Now, I guess we're moving to Blacksburg, perhaps, right? And Mike, tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and why you got into this work. Yeah, so uh, thanks, Pat, and, and great to see you uh, and Josue and Tiffany. It's uh, love getting the old band back together here on the podcast. This is my first podcast, so I'm a little excited. So, um, you know, so bear with me. But um, but no, just just to, to share a little, a little uh, with uh, a little bit about me with all of our listeners. Um, this is now my uh, coming on 15 years uh, working in the nonprofit world, primarily in higher ed fundraising advancement. Um, I currently serve as the assistant dean of advancement in the College of Science at Virginia Tech, uh, located in Blacksburg, Virginia. Um, you know, my journey started in, you know, like I said, about 15 years ago, and I didn't really know what advancement was i really didn't realize fundraising and, and you know working you know to you know with philanthropic partners and students and faculty you know was even a career my, my path really started with with who i would now consider a mentor who basically opened my eyes to what this career could could be and what what it could turn out to be and um i'm glad i've stuck with it because it's been incredibly rewarding um, you know, I started off as basically a startup medical school in my hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania, um, where we had no alumni and I really didn't know who to reach out to, but at the same time, uh, figured anybody in the community could be a potential supporter of this new medical school. So I kind of learned the hard way without really any formal training. And a lot of it was just kind of diving in head first. Now 
I have since honed my skills since then, but um, I'll say it's it's been an incredibly rewarding career um, to be around um, incredibly smart, talented individuals who are making you know a difference in this world through research, um, through um, you know just their teaching, and and just uh, just to be a part of that and around that has just been a lot of fun. Um, you know, have, have primarily been in, in higher education um, for a, a, a short while. Did spend some time uh, in a, a health system, which is a totally different. Uh, line of work, but um, you know, again, e- equally rewarding. A lot more emotion, I would say, tied into that. Obviously, with um, you know the health of individuals, but you know, doing all we can to help them. But uh, but yeah, I, I really I think I've found my niche. Um, you know, here in the College of Science, and previously worked in the College of Engineering at NC State for several years, which I really enjoyed. But being in this STEM uh, field and and just being around, you know, again, the discovery, the curiosity. Um, the breakthroughs and and um, honestly, you know, it, it doesn't really feel like a job to me. There are certain days, yes, it, it, it certainly can have its stresses, but for the most part, I think I, I, I found my my career path. And and um, you know, just again, there's never a dull moment in this business. But I mean, I think being on a college campus, you know, things seems seem fresh. Uh, there's there's something new every day to be learned. And um, so yeah, so it's it's been a, it's been a great journey so far. I look forward to hopefully being at it a lot, lot longer. So fantastic. All three of you, as I knew, have wonderful stories to tell. You've learned lessons. And, and Mike, I certainly picked up on a couple things. One, the value of mentors, uh, and the, the value of learning while you do it. Uh, and so let me go around the horn again, I'm gonna go back in the same order and host way, come your way. Now let's talk about I know all three of you are lifelong learners. It's what, you know, was attractive uh, for me to work with you in our mastermind program. But Jose, let me ask you the question. How do you approach kind of professional development? Um, there are many people are listening that are pondering that. What's your what's your approach? Yes, that's a great question. Uh, you know, as, as, as you might have noticed in my previous answer, my passion is helping make leading edge and compassionate healthcare accessible for philanthropy. With that being said, my commitment to philanthropy, the professionalization of my fundraising career and my love for learning have guided me in setting professional goals from day one. And it is what drives me to want to continue to challenge myself and to continue to grow. So for example, when I started my first fundraising job, I set my goal of achieving the CFRE, the Certified Fundraising Executive Certification, and as soon as I met the minimum three-year work experience and met the other requirements, I, I applied to sit for the exam. Um, a challenge in this field is that you know there is not one path to become successful. Instead, it takes intentional and proactive effort to be able to envision a career and advance professionally in the nonprofit sector. This is in big part why I decided to apply to go through the PMA Mastermind program you know, to be intentional and envision my career in the nonprofit leadership, to be proactive and set a professional development plan I can execute, and to connect and build a community with others in the mastermind program who are also invested in advancing in their nonprofit leadership journey. Yeah, fantastic. And Tiffany, I'm coming to you next because all three of you are high achievers. And But it's interesting that Josue kind of immediately upon arriving you know, identified, all right, what are the milestones I need to work on, right? If I'm going to be a fundraiser, then maybe CFRE. Were, were your goals apparent from from the start or did it take more time to kind of come into focus? 
Yeah, it, it's kind of similar to Josue, and I love hearing that from you, Josue. So for me, um, I started working at uh, the foundation that I'm working at right now about nine years ago. And when I first came into the, the philanthropic landscape and into the foundation, um, I started off as an administrative assistant in our department. Um, and since then had moved up in different titles to my director title right now. Um, and I really attribute that a lot to the different types of professional development opportunities, but also the mentors and people who invested in me. Um, I've always looked for and value professional development opportunities and, um, you know, of, of course, when available. Uh, but I believe that, you know, the best, you know, truly like I believe the best thing that an organization can do is invest in its people. Um, I don't think that you have to be at a certain stage in your career or a certain stage in your life to explore and receive professional development. Um, I think most of us think of professional development as like, oh, what conference can I go to to help me learn how right, to do my job right. better, right? Um, but professional development is so much more than just that. You know, it's what is what is going to help you be the best version of you so that you can show up in the ways that those around you, um, you know, specifically even in the workplace, uh, need you to. Um, and to me, like this was really reinforced um, when I read Carol Sanford's book, The Regenerative Business, um, where she basically talks about how to transform and design a business in a way that creates the conditions um, for capacity and um, uh, capabilities of the people within it. And so it's again, really investing in people because people are the one that design and drive the business. And so this is kind of like what my approach is when I'm you know, advocating for myself for professional development and also when I encourage that um, to the people that I work with and how they can grow and how, how they can develop um, as individuals so that they can show up and do uh, the work that um, just so that they can basically just show up and do their work best. All right. Look at you getting a bonus book recommendation in during that answer. Nice job. Uh, let me commend you for that. And again, I'll move to Mike because Mike, you know, your story in some ways reminds me of some of mine because I got into the field as an intern thinking, all right, this will be fun to be in Washington, D.C. for a summer with Special Olympics International at the time. But then it became, wow, maybe there is a career here. But back to your start, um, how long did it take for you to say, wow, this is a career and then kind of establish a professional development plan to follow? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a competitive person. You know, I, I like to set goals and achieve them. But um, when it comes to knowledge and and being the best I could be, I mean, I, I think it's taken me some time to realize, like, you know, what am I am I what am I capable of? You know, what what do I not know? Which is a lot. And just I think being open to just uh, you know wanting to learn. And um, you know, our business is a is a very complicated business at the end of the day because you're dealing with individuals. Um, who you know have different different levels of passion, different levels of, of wealth and affinity, um, and uh, it's it's a very individual sport. So you know, um, I don't think there's a one size fits all professional development solution for what we do in nonprofit leadership. Um, it's really a multitude. I mean, some of the things that have benefited me over the years, um, again, going back to find if you can strong mentors. Um, and then build that network out. I mean, you can have multiple mentors and multiple fields. Um, it just yep. doesn't need to be in, you know, in, in the nonprofit, you know, advancement world, what I do. Um, so, 
you know, I, I started off at, and was introduced to the, to the Lilly School of Philanthropy uh, when I first started in this business. And that was a great foundation to yeah. kind of like, what in the world do we even do here? You know, what is this, is, what is this world? And I just think having an open mind and, and kind of having a, a natural thirst for knowledge and knowing that um, you constantly have to hone this craft. I mean, I've been in this business for 15 years. Um, I work with some incredibly um, knowledgeable colleagues that I learn from each and every day. Um, so I think, I think, you know, a, a big part of, you know, my journey is knowing, is knowing that I don't know it all and that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. but to, to, um, keep, keep an open mind to, you know, opportunities that may not necessarily be going to a conference. Um, you know, mastermind certainly was one of them. Patton, you know, we connected a couple of years ago and thankful that I did. I mean, I know you've had, you know, tremendous impact on some colleagues, at an institution where I came from at NC State. And, um, you know, I, that the importance of that network has been huge for me and kind of makes you feel like you're not missing out on the, what, what's the latest, you know, in, yeah. in the business. And, you know, what, what, what could, I, could I be doing better and learning from someone else? So um, that's a lot of words probably to answer your question, but that's kind of how my brain thinks about all of this and knowing that I'm never going to know it all, but, uh, but keep an open mind and try to learn from others as much as you can. Yeah, I, I love, and all three of you represent that, embody that. Literally, there's an attitude, isn't there, of, uh, hey, there's always more to learn. And so, of course, I'm glad that you referenced Mastermind. I want to talk to all three of you about it. You know, we're proud of the program we have, but I think the concept of the Mastermind is is interesting, and any listener could create a Mastermind. And I guess, Tiffany, if I can go to you in sense of, were you familiar with the Mastermind concept, and how did you find out about this one? funny that you're starting with me because I think I have the most interesting way of how I came across the mastermind program. So I'll I'll share a little bit of a background about me and kind of where I was and am in my professional kind of career first and how then uh, mastermind came into that picture. So um, last early last year, I became a, uh, new to people managing in a professional setting. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, just kind of talking about my pathway from starting from an administrative assistant and then moving into a managerial position, um, there's a lot of growth and development that I went through within those years that I've been working at the foundation. And even from last year till now, there's still a lot of growth and development that I'm on. Um, but I had received, you know, um, coaching and mentoring um, from external kind of um, places to really help expand my thinking and my mindset about my work and how I approach it and really how I work with other people now that I'm a, a new people manager. <laughs> um, and so while well, the coaching only lasted for a year, um, but then I, but for me, I still wanted more and I felt like I still needed more because to me, I'm like, a year is not enough for me. I need, I, I, I'm, I'm again, you know, I, I want to still keep continuing learning and seeing if there's ways for me to, that somebody else besides me can ask me challenging questions or, you know, push me in different ways to try to think differently about my work and how I work with people. And so um, I just began randomly looking online uh, for fellowships or cohorts or masterminds that I could join to continue my professional development and growth. Um, and through the power of online search engines, um, I found um, a PMA mastermind group. And so uh, what really drew me to this specifically was, you know, um, you know, Pan, you list out kind of the different steps in your book. And also in the mastermind, we go through 
each of those kind of steps and chapters and stages and what really drew me in and, and what I had not seen in any other kind of mastermind groups or cohort groups before was this idea of having a personal board of directors. And to me, I was like, I mean, I'll be honest, it wasn't something that I never thought about before, but it's just to have it be framed in that kind of a way, it made so much sense to me, especially because many of us come from the nonprofit world where we are answering to boards anyways, um, thinking about how we can apply that into like our own personal lives and our own personal development. Um, it was really intriguing for me. Um, and since then, I've been able to, you know, prospect and think about who do I want to have on my personal board of directors to be able to support me, to mentor me, um, to educate me in topics and areas that I am not familiar with or am not an expert in, um, because all of that is really just going to help me grow and help me um, excel in my work, just like how a board of director does for an organization. Um, and so that's kind of how I stumbled onto Mastermind and was <laughs> able to connect with a great group of folks and um, why I stayed. Yeah. Well, thank you for lifting that up. And yes, indeed, let's uh, uh, thank the the power of Google or whatever search engine you might have utilized. Um, and so again, I'm grateful, of course, to individuals that came in cohorts prior to the three of yours. And so uh, similar question, Josue, was the mastermind concept familiar and what I think you and I may have connected back in the day, but uh, why mastermind? Yes, so I connected with you. I attended the AFP ICON um, International Conference in Vegas uh, a few years ago, and you and your colleague Leah Williams presented. Um, it was I remember it was a big um, audience, like a big hall where you presented, and it was packed. Um, so, but fortunately, I was able. I stuck around to the very end, and I was able to meet you. Um, and at the very end, I was able to get a copy of your book your path to nonprofit leadership, the seven keys to advancing your career in the philanthropic sector. And as soon as I got it, I started reading it. I started working on the exercises. Uh, I started learning more about uh, the PMA Mastermind program. And that's what really sparked my interest in wanting to join a lifelong learning um, community. Um, and so the experience of joining and going through the Mastermind program was new. However, I was part of a cohort during uh, a cohort uh, group during grad school, so it felt somewhat familiar in a sense. Um, for example, in the mastermind program, my colleagues and I were in the program with the intention of challenging ourselves. I felt supported by my colleagues through my learning you know, journey, and I developed professional relationships that I will take with me in my nonprofit leadership journey. And so what surprised me was how manageable it was to go through the mastermind program as I was, you know, as I was able to attend the live sessions, work on the assignments, and all without neglecting my professional and personal responsibilities. The best part is that the assignments are exercises that I continue to go back and update as I advance professionally. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for lifting that up because I, I, I get it. As we talk to colleagues about a program like this, time is your most valuable resource, right? Carving out time in your very busy schedules is hard, but we have tried to to make it as efficient, but yet effective. And so, Mike, I'm going to come back to you. And of course, we had mutual friends from NC State that were talking it up maybe to you, but uh, did it surprise you or did you kind of have a sense of what you were getting into? when you signed up? Well, I mean, I, I, I could say, um, you know, 
it, it was everything I thought it would be and, and really, really thankful. I mean, I, I hope you don't mind. I need to give a shout out to Michael Ward, uh, executive director of the North Carolina Textile Foundation at NC State uh, there in the Wilson College of Textiles. Um, Mike really um, was the one that made the introduction to to you, Patton. And, um, you know, and Mike's a great guy. He does he does he does it the right way. I mean, he's someone that, you know, we could all learn from. But um, yeah, I I, um, I had an idea of what to expect, and, and um, I think my mindset and knowing that you know I'm always open to learning more, and you know, and I, and I really like the idea of um, you know coming together with with a group of professionals in different sectors, you know, within the nonprofit world, and you know, there's so much to be learned, and you know, I picked up on so much, um, you know, from from Jose and Tiffany, we had some great conversations, and. I've expanded, you know, our networks and made connections back to try to help each other. And I think that's one of the biggest things, uh, biggest takeaways for me from, from going through, you know, mastermind was um, we were all there to help each other succeed. And, and, and those conversations are still, still happening and occurring. And, um, and that's kind of the, the beauty of it. I mean, yes, the content is, is great. Um, you know, has helped me as I know it's, it's helped, you know, everyone on that cohort, but um you know I, that I now have have a, a new network of, of professionals that are, that will respond to my requests when I need something, or you know, and I would do do the same thing you know for them. And and uh, the the strength of the network is very very important to me. But um, but yeah, and and just to have your guidance, Pat and Leah as well. I mean, you know, our conversations were you know insightful. Um, you know, the content was 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 great. It wasn't overwhelming. You know. You know, to Jose's point, the the the, the time uh, is 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 uh, is so valuable, but it did not seem like a burden to me at all, and it was really something I look forward to to getting together with this group. So, um, so yeah, I I really really enjoyed it, and um, you know, I have to I just have to to thank some personal contacts for 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 opening my eyes and and making the connection to you, Pat, and 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 into this program. So. Yeah. Well, again, grateful Mike for that, and our friends like Michael Ward at NC State. Tiffany, you talked about the personal board, and I'm intrigued that uh, that brought you in, perhaps. But how have you utilized that concept going forward, or how did you approach creating your personal board of directors? Yeah, so I first off pro approach people who I know have you know really been mentoring me and who uh, were in the same workplace as I were, or maybe they transitioned somewhere else. Um, I wanted to reach out to those individuals who really helped me early on when I first started at the foundation to help get me to a lot of the different positions that were kind of grow that I was growing into. Um, and so I reached out to people who are in similar um, sectors as I am. I have also been reaching out to people in different like, areas that I really have no knowledge or anything about. Um, so, you know, coming from a philanthropic kind of background, um, there are definitely a lot of people who are in similar positions as I am, maybe at other foundations or who used to be in this position who have um, since kind of transitioned and moved on. Because um, I think there's a lot of knowledge that they bring, having been in those roles, having been in similar roles, um, that they could be able to offer insights for me as I'm continuing to explore what my learning and growth looks like. And then um, I had to kind of just reassess as well, too, like where are some areas where I want to learn and where I want to grow in and who are some people that I can get connected to? Um, you know, unlike Mike and Josue here, I have to admit I am not a very good fundraiser at all. I 
more so enjoy giving the money away to our nonprofit partners. So thank you, That's to, good all of too. Our <laughs> thank you to all of our development people for all of your hard work for bringing those dollars in um, and just letting you know, we on the grant making side really enjoy and it's very rewarding uh, returning that back to the community as well. Um, but fundraising, for example, is an area where I, let's just say it's not a strength of mine. Um, and so I have somebody who is on my personal board of directors, who is an amazing, you know, donor engagement uh, individual and fundraiser um, and has, and, you know, we've just been able to really have some very great conversations around, you know, not necessarily how to fundraise or, um, you know, how to, how to ask people for money. Um, but it's more so about the relationship pieces. How do you have conversations with people from different um, you know, who may come from wealth or who uh, are looking at opening up endowments or, you know, donor advice funds. It's just a different type of lens of having conversations with people because my conversations in a professional setting tend to be focused around nonprofits and supporting their work, but then kind of changing it up a little bit and thinking about how my talking and how my leading conversations with people in different professions and um, in different sectors is really helping me to be a better communicator um, and also to um, really reflect more so on just kind of um, uh, the intentions of, of uh, relationships. So the pr professional or the personal board of directors is something I, I really value um, in, in addition to a lot of the other things that we were able to learn and engage in during um, the mastermind group as well. Yeah, thank you, Tiffany. Well put. And uh, Jose, I'm going to move to you because it, you're a master networker. You have clearly, I know my friends in the room would agree. And I wonder if you could speak to one of the concepts of our mastermind program is the the, the networking meetings outside of the group settings. And so I wonder how, how did you approach that and what did you gain from those one-on-ones that occurred between the, the cohort meetings? Well, yes. The the networking calls during the mastermind program is one of the things that I enjoyed the most. It gave me the opportunity to do one-on-one -on -one informational interviews with my colleagues. I learned more about their journey and um, developed professional relationships. Like Mike mentioned earlier, uh, just having you know getting to learn the perspective of everyone in in the uh, in the cohort um, and learning also that you know we're all in different paths. Um, in stages of our nonprofit leadership journey. However, I did come to uh, learn that we're all committed to do good using our skills and that we're invested in advancing the missions of the organizations that we are passionate about. And so uh, I'm glad I continue to stay in touch with many of my colleagues from the Mastermind Cohort Program. Yeah, Mike Hosway touched on something. I guess that, you know, people come into the program in all stages of their career path. Some like, hey, I need something different. Others are just kind of, hey, I just want to be really good at what I'm doing and be more impactful maybe in the organization in which I work. But what do you think about, you know, the characteristic? What what type of person do you think would most benefit from a mastermind program? I, I mean, honestly, I, I think, um, I mean, I'm not going to say any anybody and everybody, but I, I really do think someone who has a passion for, um, you know, if it is nonprofit work, that's great. I mean, but I, I really do think, you know, this program is really for anyone who who wants who wants to learn more about themselves, who wants to learn more about others who may potentially be able to help them. But also, I mean, I think one, one of the areas, you know, which really struck me 
um, because I don't necessarily think of myself as being in this business a long time. But, you know, over time, I mean, you experience a lot, you see a lot um, and you 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 have may have some pretty easy solutions to uh, some some which to others may seem like a really complex problem. And I, you know, had a couple of conversations um, with some some individuals in our co- cohort that were dealing with some challenges um, where I didn't think they would you know, they were as big of a cha- as a big of a challenge. But um, so it, it was kind of cool to be able to, you know, you know, use some of that that knowledge that I've gained over time to help them and to give them some perspective, um, you know, that there is a way forward. And um, really personally, you know, selfishly, a very rewarding thing for me. But, um, you know, but but I, I really do think, you know, uh, the, the ideal candidate for, for Mastermind is someone who has a passion for, for nonprofit leadership or aspires to be a leader in a nonprofit, any sector, to be honest with you, um, and uh, wants to expand their network and to learn and, um, you know, and have a great guide with you, Patton, you know, who you've seen and done a lot and uh, you do it in a way that's very, you know, humble um, and, and just, you know, and, and really, frankly, do, do it the right way. Um, so I hope that answers the question. It, it does very well. Grateful for your comments as well. And, and I love the fact that you alluded to something you all have heard me say that we want to create an environment that you like to coach and be coached. Right. And Mike, your example was perfect. There are some times when you absolutely will be the expert for someone else. And then maybe next week you're learning from them, right? On something else. And and I like the fact that you three represent the kind of spirit there that we are hoping to emulate as we now move into this spring of 2024. Uh, we'll be hosting our 17th and 18th cohorts. And so that's exciting. And again, I'm grateful the three of you are such wonderful ambassadors. I want to open it up kind of for the final round of uh, anything else that you took from the program or other resources that you'd want to share with our listeners as they ponder professional development looking forward. Josue, you want to start off this round? Sure. Uh, You know, one thing that I remember dearly is uh, on the first Mastermind um, session, it was shared that the mission of being together was to create a community of talented nonprofit professionals and to tailor the resources and toolkit for immediate application. I knew I was at the right place uh, <laughs> when I heard that. Um, I continued to build my toolkit, um, as I mentioned. You know, the, the resources and the practice exercises are things that I continue routinely go back to. And I, you know, the best part, as I mentioned before, I keep in touch with this community. Um, this is a lifelong learning community. And um, that's something that I also replicate when I, uh, in my networking um, uh, outside of this cohort, is I continue to do informational interviews. Um, it has allowed me to, you know, get more, put myself out there um, and be able to ask uh, uh, probing questions and that are helpful not only to me, but also that I'm also able to share uh, with others as I interact with in networking, um, either events in person, in webinars, um, you name it. Um, so overall, uh, it was a very positive experience. And I hope um, many of our listeners are able to um, experience that because truly it is, it is invaluable um, in this experience to go through the mastermind program. Oswe, thank you. Uh, Tiffany, final advice, takeaways that our listeners might appreciate? 
Yeah, I, I want to also just mention one more thing that, you know, in addition to the board, personal board of directors that I've really been taking back, I mean, definitely a lot of a lot of pieces during the mastermind I took back, but the one that really started it off and kicked it off for me was really sharpening the vision yeah. um, and really putting together what that vision looks like. And I still have my vision framework on my wall <laughs> and I look at it every single day awesome. and it's in my office where I can see it. Um, I'll be honest, sometimes I feel like that vision isn't realistic anymore because I just get caught up in the day to day and it's just, right. you know, it's, it's hard sometimes. Um, but I give myself grace in remembering that I set this goal for myself for the next three to five years. Um, and even if it's hard to see this in the moment, I know that I'm building character, I'm building resiliency, um, I'm exploring and deepening relationships. Um, I'm getting more and more clarity every day that the vision that I initially created for myself is what I'm getting closer to and where I still want to be. Um, and so that's how I believe, you know, I am working towards and becoming, you know, the best version of myself and, and the best version of the leader that I want to be to those around me. Um, and that's what keeps me going. Um, in addition, again, to continuously meeting with mentors and coaches and um, my personal board of directors there. Um, but I'd say that, you know, for, you know, any when it comes to, you know, advice to, uh, you know, our listeners or to anybody who's maybe interested or thinking about joining a mastermind group, you know, I'd say that, you know, the great thing about this mastermind group is that it really, again, helped me to get more focused on where I want to be and where I, where I want to go. Um, I think that, you know, what Mike said, it, it may not be for everybody, um, but, you know, I think for a lot of people, this can really offer that sharpening and giving that clarity that maybe some professionals need them to just be able to figure out, like, what does what, what my next step look like? Right. Um, you know, uh, creating these goals during the mastermind group, you know, it's a lot more achievable when you break it down into actionable steps and milestones. And I think that throughout our time meeting together, we were able to engage in a lot of conversations with each other and one-on-ones and groups. Um, to kind of help keep each other accountable. And, you know, I, I, I will say personally, you know, to Mike and Josue and to, you know, our other cohort members that may be listening that, you know, I was pleasantly surprised every single time I connected with everybody and they remembered something that I had said, like in a previous meeting. And to me, it just made me really feel like people were really listening, like people genuinely care and they also have my best interests in their mind too. And to me, that's what made me want to keep coming back every single time to, to continue meeting in the mastermind group. And so um, shout out to our cohort, uh, to our cohort members there. Um, but I think it's just been a ringing theme that we've heard um, today, just that, you know, surrounding yourself with good people um, and know who your allies are. And I don't mean, you know, people who are just going to tell you what you want to hear or be there to, yes, comfort you and all but really good people that have your best interests in mind um, and that are going to challenge you and push you and stretch your thinking because that's where true growth really happens. When we step outside of our own mind, we step outside of our own box, our normal ways of thinking and challenge ourselves and push ourselves. Um, I know that I would not be where I am today if it were not for the people who invested in me and intentionally created opportunities and pathways for me to get to where I am because they saw that potential in me. And I would say the most important thing then that we can all do from that is to pay it forward too. So well put. And you alluded to something Lee and I often said that hey, if you if you 
bring good people together, good things happen. And so while we're proud of a process, a structure, the time frame, but it takes good people like the three of you to come together and make it work. And so I applaud that. Um, Mike, same question, you know, final advice for somebody listening in terms of takeaways for you and what they might apply to their journey. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to top what Jose and Tiffany just shared. <laughs> um, I mean, it, really, it's like t- taking the words out of my mouth. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, the the, um, I, the the journey for me and, and it has really just been keeping an open mind and knowing that there's always more to learn. Um, you know, keep the network strong, continue to build it, continue to curate it. Um, it's been very beneficial to me over the years now in a position where, you know, you're a hiring manager and, you know, you never know who might be out there and looking for a new opportunity. And, um, you know, it's, it's may not always be somebody who's in your backyard. So you have right. to keep that network, uh, broad, uh, keep it, you know, diverse and, um, and, and maintain it. I mean, it's something you have to keep in touch with, but I, but I can say, I mean, you know, um, I know this group coming through with mastermind of our cohort that may not have, have, haven't been in touch with everybody, at, at as regular of a basis as we were going through, but I know that I could reach out to any of them and they would get back to me and, and uh, you know, help me with whatever I, I may be asking for. So um, yeah, it's, it's, some, it's something you have to pay attention to for, for sure. Um, you know, this, this is a very rapidly changing business. Um, my world and higher ed, higher ed advancement is a, is a, is a, is a very interesting landscape and, and profession to be in these days. Um, you know, the demands are great. Um, you know, the price of uh, price of education continues to rise and, and uh, more, 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 more emphasis and focus is being put on, um, you know, on what we do on a day to day basis and, you know, and trying to raise philanthropic support. Um, so the stressors seem higher, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah. but, but I think, um, you know, the biggest thing for me and, and a, a, a big takeaway is somebody somebody somewhere out there has probably been through this same exact situation or a very similar situation so uh know that you know again that that importance of 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 maintaining that network and being you know being sure you have mentors you can rely on to kind of help you navigate some of the challenging times um it's kind of what what gives me some um, you know, a, a sigh of relief at times and, and some confidence in knowing that I'll be able to get through, you know, some of the more challenging, challenging times. And that this comes all saying when, you know, earlier I mentioned that it really doesn't feel like a job, but sometimes it does, you know, but, but yeah, for sure. But, um, but, but that's, that's kind of my, my final takeaway and, and, um, certainly would encourage uh, anyone out there listening that, uh, if you haven't, uh, you know, Taken mastermind, please, please inquire. It's it's definitely a, a good use of your time. Grateful. All right, lightning round and parting gifts from each of you. Tiffany snuck one in earlier, so she might get a bonus choice. But Mike, you go first. How about a book that you might recommend to our listeners? Yeah, it's it's one that I probably need to dust off because I haven't read it since uh, going through my my master's degree. But um, I was uh, an organizational leadership uh, in a master's program. Uh, about 10 years ago and uh, a book that uh, it was a re- required read. It was a, a, a title called leadership on the line by Heifetz and Linsky. Nice. Um, honestly, it's probably a, a book that I referred to referred to more throughout the two years of my master's than I, I had with any other book. I mean, I have the Drucker management book and 
which can be at sometimes a bit of a snooze fest. <laughs> but I know he's kind sorry of to Drucker fans out there, but yes, yes. but but um, but I can say Heifetz and Linsky. There was just for me. I, I mean, the, the way they uh, mapped that book out and and you know reference points that seemed very real. Um, and, and, um, so I would say, yeah, leadership on the line. I think it's, it came out in the early two thousands. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's a little bit of an older, older title, but, uh, would definitely recommend it. We'll link it up. And as this episode is released, the holiday season will be just ahead. So for your gift giving or getting, uh, Tiffany, what do you want to put on the gift list for some of our listeners? Yes, I I couldn't help myself by sneaking in uh, uh, a book earlier. Um, again, that was The Regenerative Business by Carol Sanford. But the book that I do want to just recommend and, you know, I, I think I've read this book like four or five times because every single time I read it, I learn something new or I catch on to something different. Um, and so the book is called The Art of Gathering um, by Priya Parker. Um, and you know, essentially it highlights the importance of why, how we gather matters, uh, whether it's a family gathering, a national conference that we're planning, or even like a weekly team meeting. Um, when you take a human-centered approach to gathering, you create meaningful and memorable experiences for everyone. And as nonprofit leaders, you know, there's always going to, I mean, th there's going to be times when we are um, you know, uh, convening groups or leading a workshop or um, taking the initiative on a new project, um, which involves a lot of other people and groups um, to be involved in that. Um, and so when we kind of take a human-centered approach to how we gather, why it's important, and the intentionality around it, again, it just makes it that much more of an enjoyable experience for everybody and a more fruitful experience where conversations are really focused actions are created um, and people really just walk away feeling like they got something great out of it. Um, and so I think it's a, a book that I continue to read over and over again and would really recommend that um, for all of our nonprofit leaders as well. That's that's a great one. I think that is a Lee Williams favorite. Um, so I'm glad you have put it officially on the podcast uh, recommendation list. All right, Josue, we got two good ones already. I don't know where I'm going to find time to read all this, but I bet you have a good one as well. <laughs> I would like to recommend a book that I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed, and um, it's called Understanding Nonprofit Organizations, Governance, Leadership, and Management by J. Stephen Ott. I think this is a great book. It just provides a comprehensive overview of how successful nonprofit organizations operate and some of the challenges that nonprofit, nonprofit leaders face. Uh, Earlier today, I, I looked up the book and there's a fourth edition that was just released. Um, and that fourth edition includes uh, how nonprofit organizations have adopted since the onset of COVID-19 in 2020. Wow. So I think I am going to gift myself this book uh, for the holiday. <laughs> timely. And yeah. read it. It's a very timely book. And so, yes, I highly recommend it for anyone interested in either entering the nonprofit sector or just wanting to brush up on really how how um, examples of great nonprofit um, uh, organizations. Fantastic. All three of you came through once again with great advice, great feedback, great thoughts. Of course, I'm grateful for your encouragement for the mastermind concept. If listeners want to try ours, great. But of course, I love the fact each of you are representing kind of the importance of networking and building community wherever you do it. I hope that is a key takeaway for anyone 
listening to this episode. All right, so Hostway, you go first. If Where can people find out more about the good work you're doing? By the way, we'll link up all these books in the show notes, but Hostway, where can people find out more about the great work you're doing? Thank you. And yes, I welcome anyone and everyone interested in connecting. Uh, please look me up on LinkedIn. Um, you can you know, feel free to Google Josue Hernandez, CFRE, and I'm sure my LinkedIn profile hopefully will come up. I would love to connect with anyone and everyone who think either you know is thinking about their nonprofit leadership journey and or is considering entering the nonprofit sector. I'm happy to connect and share more about my experience going through the mastermind program and are looking for ways to advance professionally. There is no reason to go at it and you'll know, go at it alone in your nonprofit leadership journey in the nonprofit sector. I've learned we often make ourselves available as a resource to others. So ask, reach out, let's connect. Once again, great advice. Tiffany, you talked a little bit about your current community foundation. Where, where can people go to find out more? Yeah, so um, I mean, uh, similar to Josue, you can also find me on LinkedIn as well, too. I'm happy to connect with folks to, um, you know, whether, again, you're interested in exploring the nonprofit world, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about philanthropy, or if you just want to talk about Minnesota and the Midwest, um, <laughs> you can definitely look me up. I'm happy to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me. Um, and then also, uh, again, if you're interested more so on the philanthropic side, um, if you look up the St. Paul, Minnesota Foundation, you'll be able to find my contact information as well, too. Um, so looking forward to connecting with you all. Tiffany, thank you. Mike, last but certainly not least, where do you want people to find out more about the great work you're doing for Virginia Tech? Well, I'll 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 I'll, I'll flip it and it won't start with LinkedIn first. So I go straight to our workforce. So. <laughs> Uh, you can find out, you know, all of the great things that we're doing in the College of Science at science.bt.edu. Uh, we'll take you take you to our our webpage, and um, yeah, um, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. All the channels uh, certainly. Please feel free to connect with me. Um, you know, again, I I am interested in learning um, about what you do, and and I would be happy to talk to anyone who's interested in starting a career or or, or moving into a career in higher ed advancement. Um, I have to give a shout out to Virginia Tech. I think we do it the right way. It's a great structure. It's a great place to to work. Uh, We have a very rabid fan base and hopefully we get a win against Louisville tomorrow. Um, (laughs) That always helps, but, um, but yeah, but certainly, um, you know, that, that's how you can find me, Um, you know, so be Mike Walsh on on LinkedIn and uh, type in college of science or Virginia Tech. That's where you'll find me. So. Wonderful. Mike, Tiffany, and Josue, uh, it, wonderful to see you in this Zoom room, to hear you, and I know our listeners benefited from your wisdom and advice. Thank you for your recommendations, for your encouragement. I hope you make new connections uh, through LinkedIn or whatever channel people reach out, and thank you finally for joining me on the path. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Patton. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and found the conversation enlightening, especially if you are not familiar with our mastermind program. Of course, you also got to know better some fantastic leaders in Mike, Tiffany, and Josue. Their stories underscore the transformative power of collaboration, learning, and personal growth within the nonprofit community. Now, for more information about the PMA mastermind program and how it can help you advance your leadership, Just go to the mastermind page at pattonmcdowell.com 
and there you'll find details on how to join this dynamic community of nonprofit professionals. Keep up the great work for causes that are most meaningful to you, and I'll keep bringing you content to help you do it even better. Have a great week. I'll see you next time on The Path.